Ah, this works better when you take it off mute. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Mitchell with Ultimate Sports Talk. Um, I'm sure by now many of you have already heard the news that Triple H has officially announced his retirement from in-ring action um, within the WWE. Uh, the interview where he made this announcement was on ESPN uh, with Stephen A. Smith. Uh, we're going to play that interview uh, and kind of pause throughout points to, to discuss the you know, things along the way. Uh, but want to definitely say, you know, the game is by far one of the best wrestlers in, in WWE history, not just for his in-ring work, but his ability to conduct promos, to evolve his career and his character, um, you know, starting from the, <laughs> the Hunter Hearst Helmsley uh, gimmick where he was a uh, rich, you know, whatever he was trying to be. And he did the little curtsy and, and everything um, to, you know, being the King of Kings and his DX stint in between. And uh, we've got two words for you, uh, you know, and the evolution, um, his time in evolution, all the way up to, you know, doing what's best for business and uh, being the corporate entity that he became you know i think uh the things that he did on screen are probably just as strong as the things that he did off screen you look at the evolution of nxt where he had a hand in just about everything that that occurred there um you know from if all the reports are accurate nxt was kind of his and sean's you know little toy box they were able to evolve that brand into being the third major brand within the wwe so much so that it ended up earning a spot on a major television network not just the uh, the wwe network so you know and it's probably some of the best matches in the last five years were on nxt um, for sure. I mean, you look at the, the Meltzer scale and you can say what you want, but Wrestling Observer rated, you know, several NXT matches five stars. And when's the last time a, a WWE, you know, main roster match met that scale? Uh, it's been a while. It's, it's been a while. We could definitely go back and, and take a look, but it's, it's been some time. So I really, you know, I wonder if it might have been CM Punk, John Cena, uh, if I remember right. I, I could be wrong there. You know, definitely you guys will correct me. But I, the, one of the things that I really enjoyed uh, about, you know, seeing him on screen was that you, you knew it was going to be a solid match every time. Um, you know, I remember one of the first, time seeing Triple H was when he was feuding with with Goldust and he had China at his side and of course Goldust had Marlena you know me growing up as a teenager I of course had a serious crush on Marlena uh, I think the Slammies were around that time so you know of course she had the infamous cigar with the uh, with the swimsuit um, photo which just almost broke the internet before the internet really existed. Uh, and then of course, Sable topped that with her outfit, but it was, um, you know, 
I really appreciated the story that they told and the quality of the matches that they had against one another. And that was one of the first times that I, I really got into, you know, who Triple H was. I do recall when uh, Ultimate Warrior came back. I was really excited about Ultimate Warrior's return. He had a, a match with Triple H. Um, I'm going to say really more of a squash match than anything. Um, and then it ended up not really going anywhere. But um, I was excited about that too. And and that's before he really became you know very famous and very infamous for some of the things that he did um or said you know forget about the things with the click and and all of that i mean he the the quality and the product of his work is just you could put that up against almost anybody in professional wrestling and it just it definitely stands the test of time we can watch a a triple h match years later and still be entertained by by what we we see there so uh, with that said, I, uh, I you know definitely congratulate Triple H on the amazing career that he had. Um, I don't really, it, you know, the news of him his in-ring retirement really didn't come as a surprise. Um, I guess the surprise, if there was one, was that it had to be announced. Um, and it didn't really, it wasn't, I don't think he really had the interview with Stephen A. Smith to do the announcement um he had several other things to talk about it seemed more of a uh you know i'm gonna promote wrestlemania type of uh thing and, and kind of give a my own health update it had been a long time since people had heard from triple h um so i i'm not surprised that they did it but just kind of nonchalantly the way that he and we'll, we'll show you here in a moment but just the way that he nonchalantly answers the question like i'm i'm obviously done He's got a defibrillator in his chest. There's no way that he's going to wrestle again. Um, I don't know, you know, wh whether you you knew those details or not, and whether he had the heart problems or not. I don't really know that he needed to wrestle anymore. I mean, capping off his career, I, I think it's already been done. He's done everything that needs to be done in in one's career, and if. Uh, you know, of course, if the story came up that that warranted it or justified it, maybe he could return to the ring. But they've got so much talent in WWE. I don't even know that bringing Triple H out of a retirement type status um, or a non-active status before he announced his retirement would really make that big of a difference. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the, his honesty in this interview. Um so yeah, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and, and play this interview for you again. We'll, we'll probably pause a couple of times uh, along the way. I, I watched this uh, about 15 minutes ago, so a lot of this is still very fresh. I wanted to watch it directly without um, you know, hearing all the news from other people and their interpretations of what was said or what wasn't said, because um, a lot of these outlets seem to take quotes or comments and then pick those out and those become clickbait. And that's not really what I want to do here today. So uh, again, congratulations on Triple H for an amazing career. I'm so happy that he is back um, with his executive duties. I hope that they're going to get back to a really strong NXT product. 
with uh, with him back in some sort of head seat there. But uh, you never know. Uh, I mean, it sounds like he's mainly focused on recruiting and uh, and bringing in new talent. And as he mentions in the interview, you know, potentially building more performance centers or really expanding that that developmental, which is fine. I just uh, for me digesting the content i i miss the golden and black days um the 2.0 days really aren't my thing um you know so we'll see what uh what happens but again congratulations to triple h so with that said uh we're gonna go ahead and watch together his interview with stephen a smith and uh, you can check this out on um, on ESPN's YouTube channel. They've posted this interview for all to watch. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into this. All right. We welcome in 14-time world champion, nine-time WWE champion, and five-time world heavyweight champion. The one and only Paul Levesque, better known to wrestling fans and everyone else as the one and only Triple H. How are you, my man? How's I'm, everything? I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. Thanks well, for having of, me. Well, first of all, we, we want to get right into this because here's my, uh, this is my problem with you from Jump Street. Now, you're supposed to have, you're supposed to have had a health issue, but you're sitting in front of me looking better than me. <laughs> looking better than me, which isn't hard, by the way, I, but you do, you're pulling it off. How uh, you feeling? I don't know. That three piece you got going on, well, it's, 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 it's on fire. So, uh, How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing good now. You know, it was, it's been an <clears throat> incredibly tough uh, last six months. Yeah, you know, coming out of uh, SummerSlam, leading into that, I had been on about a a twelve day road trip going east coast, west coast, and we had tryouts and we had everything under the sun going on. Plus SummerSlam and a pay per view back to back. And mm -hmm. um, I was in Florida when I, you know, towards the end of that, I started feeling really run down. I thought I had uh, some COVID, which, mm. you know, I had had before. I was vaccinated, but twice and and had had a, a run of covid without symptoms but i was beginning to think that i was having shortness of breath and mm -hmm. you know everything else i went and got tested for covid i didn't have it but i had a a, a viral pneumonia mm -hmm. uh, my lungs were inflamed and um you know as, as as the next couple of days went on when i got home it got increasingly worse and uh my wife saw some some blood and stuff that i was coughing up mm. and went and got checked and you know i it was coming from the viral pneumonia, but I had fluid in my lungs. I had some fluid around my heart. So they followed up on it, did an EKG and, and uh, echo and everything. And basically, your uh, the way your heart pumps out, 55 to 60% of your ejection fracture, it, fracture is, a, is a good number. Um, I was at 30. Mm. And uh, I got a, a quick text message saying, don't take time, pack a bag real quick, head to the emergency room. I'll fill you in on the way. Now, who sent you the text? From, from from one of my doctors. Okay. Um, that was just kind of following this medical stuff up the line of didn't like the way my lungs were inflamed. Even though I had pneumonia, it was kind of something more going on here. So by the time I got to the emergency room, my ejection fracture had gone down to 22, mm. which, uh, you know, I was in heart failure. Wow. Bad. Um, by the next morning, as they figured that out, that evening, by the next morning, as they were sending me in to get an MRI done and, and about to go in for a heart cath, my ejection fracture was down to 12. So I was you, you just you, you were I nose was diving. I was nose diving and sort of at the one yard line of 
you know, uh, where you need to be and, and uh, or where you don't want to be, really, for, for your family and your, and your, uh, and your future. Um, when they got inside, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause right here. So one of the one of the things that's a little scary, uh, I guess, of all of this, and and he'll get into this in a moment. Oh, sorry, bounce clicking around the wrong things. <clears throat> you know, Triple H is they they mentioned 14 time champion, nine time WWE champion, five time world champion. Uh, among other stints as European champion and intercontinental champion, but forget about, I mean, this transcends WWE and professional wrestling. This is, this is real life. So it's, it's hard to separate the two as a fan watching this because you think, you know, here's this, here's this image and this character and everything that I think that I know about him. And then on the other side, Here's, you know, Paul Levesque, who is the real person. He has a real life. Yes, he's involved in WWE as an employee uh, in, in an executive position there, but he's he's not the character Triple H. He is, you know, a real person. And so he's going through all these issues. And, and at 52 years old, to think of... You know, if this were a family member or a friend that was going through this, I think we'd all be sitting there shaking our heads like, that's too young. I can't believe it. And even for a celebrity, we would probably say the same thing. But it's it's almost... Um, it's almost uh, a fairy tale it's a story that we think we hear and we understand, we think we know what the end result's going to be uh, the triumphant warrior coming back. But it's, you know, when he's going through and he's explaining the details, I mean, this escalated so fast and for he was fortunate enough to have very close contact with his doctors. But you know, think of all the people who don't that, that go through this type of scenario and don't have close relationships with doctors or for those that, that maybe can't afford to go see a doctor. Ah, it's just chest pains. Uh, my breathing's off. It's fine. You know, I'm okay. Um, it, it's, it's very easy for something like this to go undetected, untreated. And then we hear the stories of the people who, you know, passed away too young. Um, you know, and it's just, it's heartbreaking uh, for friends and family. So I, I just, I hope that um, all of you watching this, you know, when, when things like this happen, if they unfortunately would happen to you, that you take care of yourself. Um, don't put it off. Don't put your health off. Take care of yourself. Because 52 years old is way too young for someone to to pass away with heart failure. And I'm glad that uh, he was able to get the, the medical attention that he needed. But, you know, as he describes here, you know, he was getting checked all the time, never had high blood pressure, never had, you know, any serious issues. And that's not always the case with a lot of us. You know, we have symptoms, we have issues along the way. 
that um, that either we don't get treated for various reasons or we don't get looked at, and um, you know we're not as fortunate as as this man. So uh, anyway, just a public service announcement, I guess, is uh, take care of yourself. Um, it's not selfish to think to put yourself first for the betterment of your family. They would much rather see you see you around um, than the 10, 15 minutes of, uh, you know, or a time that it takes for you to be away to see the doctor than it would be if you, you know, pass away and they don't get to see you ever again. So, all right. Anyway, uh, let's get back. Sorry to, uh, to get a little morbid there, but uh, let's go ahead and get back into this. I basically genetically had a 99% blockage in my left anterior descending artery, which is what they call the widowmaker. Mm. Um, my heart had started to create a secondary pathway, but that was clogged as well. So I was basically, you know, moments away. If I'd have thrown a clot or, or of any type or had any kind of thickening, I was gone. Mm. You know, and uh, and that's the kind of thing that's sudden and instantaneous, and you don't know. What I, I did know was my, my dad had a bypass, triple bypass at 62. My grandfather uh, passed away at 70 mm -hmm. from heart disease. I didn't know. I just found a couple of weeks prior to that that my great-grandfather had died at 52, sudden death. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a, a genetic issue that had kind of kicked in out of nowhere. And you never, you even though you knew wow. that history, you never suspected, you never saw any inclination, any indication no. whatsoever that this is something that could potentially happen to you? I mean, everybody knows it could potentially happen right. to them, right? But they, that's why they call it a silent killer. Yeah. But, you know, through WWE's wellness program, we had some of the best cardiologists in the world. I never had high blood pressure. I checked all the time. Never had high blood pressure. Never had high cholesterol. Um, you know, I never had an issue. Had a little bit of an athletic heart, which most athletes do, right? A little bit of enlargement, but but nothing serious, nothing, never once had been talked about about medication or anything else. Um, it just came out of, kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, but came out of nowhere at a point where, um, you know, it's touch and go mm -hmm. in that moment. And it could have been go mm -hmm. at any point in time. I want to go to the emotional aspect yeah. of all of this because your lovely wife is standing right over there. You know, everybody knows how much you love that lady. It yeah. was not the love about her, for crying <laughs> out loud. But, you know, to know that you're going through this, and essentially your life is on the line. I imagine that she was right by your side the whole time. What was this like for her? And what was this like for you watching her go through this with you? She was a rock, always is for me, but, um, never never wavered in it you know and we have three uh young girls you know 15 13 11. you know suddenly i come home i'm a little bit sick and their dad who's you know strong always mm -hmm. uh suddenly is in the hospital and i don't know if they understood the the consequences of it but you know there's there's moments in there where you <clears throat> when they're putting you out for stuff and you think is this it you know, do, do, <clears throat> do you wake up for this? That's, um, that's tough to swallow, you know, and makes you think differently. I'm sure as you've come out of your COVID scare, um, it makes you think differently about life. 
doesn't make you any less driven for the things that you do, but it certainly makes you appreciate the things that you have more, your friends, your family. When I went through what I went through, I was relatively open about it immediately yeah. once I got out of it. Um, not judging any way or another, but when I read reports, you hadn't spoken much yeah. about this. You were relatively quiet about it. When folks approached your wife, <laughs> she said, you're doing fine. He's looking great. He's feeling great. And that's basically about it. Was there a reason that you were relatively quiet in the initial in the initial aftermath of it all? Did you want to wait where you're not sure about how you were feeling? What was yeah. it? Because obviously you're a very articulate individual. You know, you're a leader, you're an executive, and you're somebody who's known for speaking on a plethora of issues. Yeah. But you were relatively quiet at this particular moment in time. I, th I think at that moment, one, one, it's very surreal, as I said, and, and you, but you certainly don't want to misspeak on it. But yeah, I think the, the not saying anything was not knowing. Mm -hmm. And then you're in the thick of it, mm -hmm. and it's like this whirlwind of stuff coming in that you're confused about. You don't want to speak about something and be wrong on it and have to go back later and correct yourself and, you know. Totally understand. Now that being now with that being said, you Well, and I guess the question is what were people expecting him to say? Uh, I mean, his his wife coming out and saying, you know, he's good, he's recovering, you know, that's again, I kind of go back to he's got to focus on him here. He owes no one else anything at this point besides, you know, his family, his wife, you know, and himself, he owes himself. I got to take time for me. I got to focus on my recovery and what, what I need to do. I need to listen to my doctors and make sure I'm asking all the right questions. And, and, and also, you know, forget about all the facts and, you know, what has to happen and the processes and, and all the things that need to occur here. But in addition to that, what, <laughs> I got to deal with all the emotions of what's happening to me. I mean, you just heard him trying to over, you know, trying to deal with just just talking about like he could have died. That could have been it. They could have had surgery, and and do I even wake up? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to wake up from this. That's really really frightening, and so you know it's. How do you, how are you supposed to respond? There's no, there's no playbook for this. There's no, uh, there's no right way of handling it. And, and Stephen A. Smith may, he had COVID, which, uh, you know, I know was a, a really serious thing and still is in, in a lot of places, but we, you know, medic, the medical community has evolved quite a bit. They've learned so much. We're in a very different spot here. Someone's heart completely gives out or almost completely gives out. That's a very different thing. And so, yes, Stephen A. Smith might have come out and had lots to say about his COVID scare, but Triple H could have easily passed away or easily died on an operation table. I, you know, I don't know what you're supposed to say when you come out of that type of experience. I, I don't blame him. And I think Triple H hit it right on the head there. I don't want to say anything and be wrong. I I don't know. I'm still learning. I'm trying to figure this all out. I'm trying to deal with my own emotions and what this means for me and what this means for my family. And, you know, am I going to have a job 
the way that it's supposed to when I get back and what does that all look like? And I, you know, I owe people things. I have a schedule I, I can't meet anymore. And what am I, so many questions, so very few answers. And at the end of it, the main goal here is just for him to focus on him and to take care of himself. All right. Let's keep, uh, let's keep this moving. You do know more now. Yeah. So where is Triple H as we speak? I mean, I'm imagining you've reflected on the workload you had on your show. Yeah. People are looking at you and as great of an executive as you are, you're also a great champion. What does the future hold for Triple H right now? That's what people want to know. Yeah. What do you say to them when, that, when asked that question? Well, for, for me, you know, as far as in-ring, which I get a lot, I'm done. You'll you know. never touch me. I, I, I won't. No, I will never wrestle again. That, first of all, I have a defibrillator in my chest, which... You know, probably not a good idea for me to get zapped on live TV. How about that? Yeah. Um, but I think I was already in a place in my career as far as in-ring goes where it was kind of I – was, I was comfortable with mm -hmm. being done and being finished. If the right thing came along, I hadn't really said much, but if the right thing came along and they wanted me to do it, I had had a conversation with Vince McMahon uh, about doing something at WrestleMania this year in Dallas, mm -hmm. which we had talked about and there were plans for. Obviously, when this happened, it, it shut all that down. As far as the schedule, you know, WWE is an intense place. It's 24-7, mm -hmm. much like yourself, right? You're yeah. just running, running, running. Yeah. Um, I think it just puts things in perspective for me. Totally get that. What are you going to be doing in the wrestling world as an executive now? Because we know you're not letting – I can't imagine you're letting that go. No, no, my foot's not off the gas. I, 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 I suppose in some manner I've got to step back a little bit. I'm, I'm still in recovery and – my uh, my endurance is not exactly quite what it used to be before, but right now I'm I'm back. I'm at the office. I am uh, fully focused on recruiting and development of our talent in the future. And mm -hmm. you know, wh whether that's building more performance centers, whether that's finding the next uh, young stud that's out there, male or female, like uh, Gable Steveson, mm -hmm. uh, you know, recently two-time NCAA champion, gold medalist at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Right, his his next step is is. Uh, as you saw him leaving his his shoes in the in the on the mat the other day, his next step is with WWE and with us. It's finding that, it's creating that future, and that's the biggest focus for me. And as we move forward from there, it's uh, it's making sure that WWE is a success for generations to come. WrestleMania third. You know, and I feel like that right there was more of a uh, a plug or a promotion for Gable Steves, and there's been a lot of rumors that. They were close to bringing him up, uh, that he might even show up at WrestleMania or have some sort of stint uh, right after WrestleMania. Um, you know, it feels like that plays with the narrative of those those rumors. Uh, you know, I don't I definitely don't disagree with what he said there. Um, that hope, you know, I think that's that is his main job and that is his main responsibility is to find the next major superstar. And that's great. I don't think there's really many people that are more more well equipped than he is to do that. Um, however, that's that segment just really felt like it was a, a foreshadowing of here's uh, here's what's going to happen soon. You're going to see Gable Stevenson on WWE TV. Let's keep moving. Super Bowl, that's 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 the Super Bowl in a lot it. of people's eyes. It's big time, no question about it. We've got Brock Lesnar, we've got Roman Reigns. When you look at 
And here we go into the WrestleMania part. Got to promote WrestleMania. How do you feel about where the business is at this particular moment in time? Because I think it's booming. Yeah, it is. It, without a doubt, and I do believe that we're just nicking the surface of where it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's every single year it grows and it grows and it grows, right? WrestleMania this year will be in AT&T Stadium for two nights mm. in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people probably over those two nights. It's it's massive on a global scale. The reach of it is incredible. Um, we're just nicking the surface internationally of where we can be. We're, we're, we're growing by leaps and bounds, and I think that this next level of athlete that's coming in the door, you know, th- there's a whole generation of, of kids and athletes that grew up watching WWE to be the biggest form of entertainment they knew of. Mm-hmm. They see The Rock. They see, you know, guys like The Undertaker that have transcended generations and transcended the WWE to become household names globally. That's there's right. not a lot of people in sports in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form that can do that. It excites me, but I also worry about it in a, in a certain respect. I grew up watching Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warriors. I used, I, I watched all of this stuff, right? And I've loved it for years. And I'm The Rock. Goldberg was my all-time favorite. That's just me. I love <laughs> yeah. just because of his entrance alone. I didn't just love it because he speared me all the time. I, yeah, I understand yeah. that, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. It's okay. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, went 175 and 0 at one point to start off everything. I'm looking at it from that perspective and seeing how they've transcended even John Cena to a lesser degree. Obviously, the Rock that I already brought up, Dwayne Johnson, others. How challenging is it going to be for you to find that next somebody? Somebody that's a transcendent. I know you can find somebody that's going to be big for the WWE, but I'm talking about transcendent figures. Isn't that the challenge of Triple H? Because you're the guy that finds guys like that. It absolutely is. Larger than life is what we're after. Right. right? You're, You're... you're not looking for the guy that you can see. No, nobody pays to see their next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. Your next-door neighbor lives next door. You don't need to pay. Just look out yeah. the window. They, they want to see somebody larger than life that they can't believe exists. Uh, you, when you look around today, you see that already. I think when you look back 10 years from now, you're going to see Roman Reigns as one of those transcendent figures. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see people like Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. as those transcendent Ronda figures. Rousey. Ronda, get her. Ronda Rousey. You know, Brock Lesnar. What made Brock Lesnar more famous? The fact that he came from WWE, went to UFC, or where he is now. Like, they, mm-hmm. there's so many aspects to that. They're already there, right? It's it's funny that in the moments of it, when John Cena was first coming along, people were like, hey, he's good, but he's never going to be that transcendent figure. And here he is, where he is. Yeah, the, oh, pe- no question. the peacemaker, all, all the things that he has going on, he transcends. The Rock, biggest box office star in Hollywood, you know. All, all those things happen over time. The people are there in place now. The funny thing about what we do is sometimes you can plan for this person to be the biggest thing in the world, and it's not that one. It's the, this one over here that you're not looking at that just won't take no for an answer, and and they just light the world on fire. You know, Becky Lynch is a great example of that. She just came in and said, I'm going to be the biggest thing here, and no matter what anybody thought about it, she went and did it, and, and she succeeded. Pat McAfee. Yeah. Can't forget that name. No. Big time radio show host now on Sirius XM podcast, doing great things. All right. So before we get into Pat McAfee, <clears throat> I don't disagree that Roman Reigns is going to throw his hat in the ring to do other things outside of WWE. He's already been in the uh, the Hobbs and Shaw movie. 
Um, you know, he he definitely has that charisma and that that appeal to people on a very different level. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with him outside of his in-ring competition. However, there's not going to be another rock. There's the, you know, John Cena, it took him years to even land a role like Peacemaker. It's not, he's not going to just magically go from WWE into being a main headline star. If you remember, it took Rock some quite a bit of time to even break out of some of his roles. He was a, a subpar actor for a long time. You know, I think his one of his first roles was as the Scorpion King in, in the Mummy movie. And uh it was really mainly CGI'd. There was uh there was some you know, a couple of scenes there scattered throughout where they showed him. Uh, I think running down one of the, the sand dunes. Um, but that was pretty much it. It wasn't like he had major speaking roles or that he was doing, you know, full-fledged acting. You know, then he had the Scorpion King movie. Yeah, he branched out and started doing some more Disney things. I think uh, Tooth Fairy and The Game Plan and, you know, some some movies that really just kind of bombed, to be honest. And that feels like that's what John Cena has done. You know, he's had some... Hollywood success. But uh for the most part, it's you know, people aren't you know going in droves to see John Cena movies. They're going in droves to see, you know, other movies that John Cena or you know, movies that other actors are in that John Cena happens to be part of the cast. You know, I I think very few people, I'm not gonna say nobody, but very few people saw this last Fast and Furious movie because John Cena was gonna be in it. They saw it because the name of the franchise and they know that it's going to be a one heck of an entertaining movie. So let's not kid ourselves that John Cena has transcended, you know, WWE. He's he's had success in the Suicide Squad movie that turned into the Peacemaker series. I think I, I saw reports the other day that that's gotten picked up for a, uh, a second season, which I'm I'm glad that that's happened. Um, but I don't want to see this fall into a uh, you know flash in the pan type scenario. I I and I also don't want to think that by any means John Cena has fully transcended and now he's a a major Hollywood actor. Um, I think he's got many 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 years to go before that happens. Uh, and, and I don't want to take away from any of his success either. You know he's he's earned everything that he's gotten. So, you know, it's not like somebody served this up and said, here, John Cena, we're going to give you the keys to the kingdom. He's working his, his tail off. And I give him credit for all of that. I just don't, he's not at the rocks level is in Hollywood. Can he get there? I don't know. I, I don't see, I'm glad that they, they're finally having him break out of a lot of scripted character work and a lot more, um, ad lib or you know he's a little bit more raunchy he is very different than the the you can't see me i like all the kids and i'm going to be kid friendly type of uh type of thing 
he's past all of those days. So now he needs to focus on the entertainment value. What's going to entertain, not what's going to sell tickets and seats at a WWE show or keep the kids buying his, uh, his merchandise. It's really about what's going to sell movie tickets and keep the adults coming into the theaters or watching his stuff on, on HBO uh, and, and other networks. So I'm excited to see what happens there. But Roman Reigns, I mean, we're talking, you, Triple H alluded to WrestleMania and WWE. We're just seeing the tip of the iceberg about what, you know, how big it can get. And uh, I, I think that's probably what we're seeing with stars you know, getting outside of, of WWE. I don't know that Becky Lynch is going to be one of those. Um, Charlotte Flair, I could definitely see Charlotte Flair going and doing things. But they mentioned Ronda Rousey. I mean, Ronda Rousey transcended MMA and went into Hollywood first. Let's not let's not kid ourselves and think that if Ronda Rousey goes out and has an acting career, it's because of her time in WWE. She she was sought after for acting roles way before that. So I, I don't want to put credit where credit's not due. Um, you know, Ronda Rousey was a star coming in. WWE didn't make her a star. And that's not the case with uh, with The Rock. That's not the case with John Cena. That's not the case with a Roman Reigns. WWE made these people stars. They were stars who ended up going into a very different industry and and went on and did you know, had success. You know, Roman Reigns still to be determined, but The Rock and John Cena, and and we're talking specifically about two, possibly three names where that's happened. You can count. You can't even begin to list all the people who, fantastic wrestlers, fantastic performers, charisma like crazy, who ended up doing nothing in Hollywood. So it, it's, you know, we can talk about transcendence. We can talk about what do the fans want to see? What don't the fans want to see? But at the end of the day, I honestly think it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, if, if somebody is able to get the right role, the script is good. This, the other cast around them is good the director is good they get enough publicity out of it you know, they're going to have the wwe marketing train behind it of course and that's fine but again they've got to be one of the top names so outside of having a reality tv show um <laughs> like uh like the bellas and and wwe divas and uh Miz and mrs and now um oh the carmella and uh, their show on, which is a YouTube show. It's not even you know aired on a, a major network. You know that's the that's where we're seeing more success because it's easier. It's it's easier to do reality TV. It's not that easy to get on the big screen and to get those types of roles. There's thousands of people who are trained actors who can do those kinds of things so you're really trying to think what's the major difference it's the look it's do i have the star appeal going into it am i gonna sell movie tickets with this person and that's tough that's tough man 
because you're talking about a very different audience. You're not talking about the wrestling audience anymore. You're talking about, am I going to appeal to a set of potential moviegoers who know nothing about this person other than, oh, he used to be a pro wrestler? Uh, do I care? I don't know. Um, you know, so do you need to have more meat behind the the rest of the movie? That's why a fant- a uh, a Fast and Furious is perfect for that kind of thing. I mean, you could see a, a wrestler potentially being in like a Marvel movie or a DC movie, uh, either as a villain or some sort of supporting cast. Uh, we saw. Um, uh, Sasha, um, she was in the, one of the Star Wars series. I think it was uh, The Mandalorian, if I remember right. And she was great with that. Not a lot of speaking roles or speaking lines. That's okay. Uh, but she was she was great in it. So, you know, I, I there's it can happen, but let's not kid ourselves that transcendence is something that we can predict or that transcendence is something that is possible with everyone. It's not, it's not. And I don't know. I mean, Roman Reigns is probably the biggest name in the WWE right at the moment. Um, outside of Brock Lesnar for other reasons, because he was in the MMA world. Um, and a Ronda Rousey again, because she came from an MMA world and has already been in movies. Aside from that, there, I mean, Becky Lynch, nowhere near on the same plane as those three. Um, Charlotte Flair, still nowhere near, on the same level as those three. Can they get there? You know, who knows? I think Charlotte maybe uh, more so than the other. And, and, and Sasha potentially could do it. Um, but uh, we'll see. So I do, I do agree. Uh, for those of you that, um, that uh, don't follow us on our YouTube channel, you know, visit us on ultimate sports talk on, on our YouTube channel. We, uh, we did cover, uh, I came, I went directly to, uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. I was staying in Arlington right across the street from AT&T stadium a couple of weeks ago for a uh, Pele pro wrestling uh, independent show. And uh, while I was there, I took a tour of AT&T stadium. I had some time and I did do a tour on the inside of the building. They on the tour, they specifically mentioned it's an 80,000 seat uh, building so WWE has advertised that WrestleMania, they're looking to sell over 100,000 tickets. So that means that the seats in the building, there's 80,000 of those. So the remaining, they're going to bring in about 20 to 30,000 individual chairs to have seated around where the football field is. And that's what's going to make up the, the rest to get all the way up to the 100,000. And they want to do that over two nights. So this uh, this event, just the setup alone, is going to be completely massive. The uh, the parking lot and the things that are around it are going to be completely overwhelmed. Um, but I I imagine that it's probably like very similar to Dallas Cowboys games. You know, you're just looking at another twenty to thirty thousand people. Um, and, and of course, you're going to get just like you would get at an NFL game. You're going to get tons of people that are there just to sell things. Um, just to be merchants who are on the outside who haven't even bought a ticket. So that will be very interesting. Um, but yeah, this was this is definitely seat-wise and venue-wise, I will say it's the biggest of all WrestleManias. Um, 
as far as the quality of the card and the matches, that's a different story. Um, so most stupendous, definitely in venue, most stupendous in matches. Yeah, I, I would disagree with that. Let's, uh, we still have a few minutes left on this interview. Let's keep going. Love the guy personally. He's fighting some guy. Who's he fighting? That was it Austin. He's going to fight Austin Theory, Theory right? with Vince McMahon's backing, which That's means, right. you know, look, if you know anything about Vince, he's not going to play fair. So uh, <laughs> McAfee's going to have his hands full. That's right. I was getting ready to ask you, how do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to do great. You know, Pat has, has uh, performed in ring for us before mm -hmm. and, and just blew everybody's mind with how good he was at this. You know, little known fact about Pat is that he really wanted to be in WWE, went and bought himself a ring, wow. threw it in his barn, and has been training in it for years. Wow. Um, people don't give him credit for that because he wanted to do this. Um, Pat's one of those unique performers that when you talk about larger than life and, and building yourself up, right, mm -hmm. he's got the gift of gab. Yeah. You know, not many, nope. not many people got what you guys have, right? <laughs> you, you can do it and make yourself a household name right. just by that. You can back it up athletically, and that's what that's what matters in our world. Those two things. Before I let you go, I got a little recruiting I'm gonna get to do. You know, I mean, I ain't getting in no damn ring to wrestle. Nah, yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but do you know the kind of people that I've that I've idolized for years? Bobby the Brain Heenan. Rick Flair because of ah, he's a, whoa, you know how I feel yeah. about Rick Flair and Paul Heyman. Yeah. I think I'm gonna be one of those bad guy managers one let, day. Let I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna do that yeah, one of these days. Let me say there's there's a connective tissue between all of those is the ability to create a character or really be someone that people want to punch in the face yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I believe that most people want to punch you in the face yeah. on a regular basis. <laughs> I think you'd be awesome at it. I think so. Let's do it. I got, I got, I got, I got to talk to uh, you. I don't and disagree with that. You have to pay me now. Yeah. You have to pay me. We'll have that discussion. <laughs> yeah. Vince is a shrewd negotiator, my friend. Man, I'm so happy to see you, man. So happy to I'm see happy you. I'm happy to man. be here. All the best. I'm happy you're here. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, my man. And Triple H. Best of luck to him in the future, and we'll all be watching WrestleMania on April 2nd and 3rd. This warms my heart. I, uh, no pun intended there. I'm really, really happy to see Triple H um, you know, back on TV in some sort of way, uh, even just doing an interview like that. He looks healthy. He, he looks like he's uh, much better than all the reports had said, you know, in his lowest and how he kind of alluded to there during the interview. So I'm really excited, happy for him. So glad that they were able to to take care of that issue and uh, that he's, he's able to be with his, with his family and, uh, and, and go back to doing something with WWE. So uh, with that said, I, I, this went a little longer than I wanted it to. Uh, I did want to show a match at some point, but um, you know we're going to go ahead and, and end this one. Uh, I will be putting this up on our podcast uh, stream, so you can follow us on ultimatesportstalk.com, uh, or you can also search for us anywhere that pod that you download podcasts or subscribe to those. Uh, I will put this uh, segment there because I don't think you need to see the visual um, to to get a lot out of this. We you could hear it. And uh, we have a lot of really good commentary, I think, in this episode. So definitely check us out there. Um, you can see the replay on our YouTube channel uh, shortly. So this, this will be posted up there uh, later tonight. Uh, but with that said, you know, I hope everyone is excited for WrestleMania. 
if you are looking for more wrestling, definitely check out Fight TV. They have uh, GCW's The Collective, uh, which is a series of independent wrestling uh, shows that they're putting on uh, over, I believe it's four different days for WrestleMania weekend. And then um, on top of that, TitleMatchNetwork.com has uh, has several shows that will also be running on the second and third uh, here in April. So very excited for all the content that we're going to be able to see. It's going to be really hard to watch it all, um, but you can check out uh, a lot of news and information and updates on pwponderings.com. Um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely keep your eyes and ears open. There will be plenty of really good content. And I'm, I'm sure that after WrestleMania weekend, we will have plenty posted on YouTube that will, uh, that will be really fun for us to watch during one of our wrestling watch parties. Uh, so thank you. And uh, with that said, this is Greg Mitchell with ultimate sports talk. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at alt sports talk. That's U L T sports talk, all one word, uh, no special characters or anything. You can follow us on Instagram at alt sports talk. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at ultimate sports talk. And of course our website, ultimatesportstalk.com. Again, this is Greg Mitchell with Ultimate Sports Talk. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, giving this a listen and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, leave a comment, You know, reach out to us uh, at any of those social medias. We are happy to interact with you at any point. So thank you very much again and everyone have a great day.